today we are talking about all the things we wish we knew when we got started in church communications. We're sharing these valuable lessons with you so that whether you're stepping into the role or you've been in the game for a while, you can glean insights that would have been a game changer for us when we got started. Hey there, Church Communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. I'm Brian Haley. And I'm Jeanette Yates. Whatever your title or role is at your church, we're here to help give you the communication tools and resources to help you thrive. Today, we're peeling back the curtain on what it was like when we first started in church communications from the unexpected to the lessons we learned. We're gonna be sharing these today. We're gonna give you these five lessons or five things that we think will help you serve your community with communications. That's right. I started in communications 2009 is when I started. When did you start in church communication? Oh, I can't do math very well, but it was like the 2000s. It was in the 2010, 15, maybe 14, 2014. Yeah, obviously a lot has changed since then, but some of the core principles that I learned pretty quickly as I was self-teaching myself how to do communications, I think some of those lessons that I learned pretty quickly, and I would guess the same for you, like, Those are still things that I hear from other people who are just getting started in church communications. So I made a lot of mistakes that hopefully I can save you from making. That's kind of part of the job of church juice as well, right? So so we're here to just help you. And so one of the things that I learned pretty quickly that, you know, I wanted to be ahead of the game, right? I wanted to be scheduled out. I wanted to know what was happening. But The first thing that I learned, or one of the first things that I learned, was that people are just inherently last minute. We are procrastinators by nature. And I don't know if that's like just a ministry thing or just people overall, but I learned that no matter how much planning I could do, people are going to be last minute. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think that one of the things that's happened, like you came on the scene a little bit before I did, but when we were first getting started, like the idea that you would have social media to deal with and all of that kind of stuff wasn't even there. And so when we were kind of getting into this, the idea of like, oh, we have to plan ahead because we have to make these things called graphics to put out in the, you know, like all that was not something familiar with any of us. And so I do think that the last minute thing is something that everybody struggles with, especially, I don't know about you, but I was the first church comms director at my church, you know? So before then that wasn't even a thing. Yeah, I think I probably was too. We were kind of a growing church, like had been pretty small, kind of merged or got some new life and we're growing. And so one of the roles that I think just kind of evolved naturally was this need for communications separate from administration, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but how communications was just like its own role and something that needed somebody to take that on, you know, as their sole thing, which is still, I would say is still kind of a rarity in a lot of churches. I agree. One thing I will say though about the last minute, like if you're like, well, how do I fix that? Like, what do I do about this? Cause I can't, I can't live like this as a church communications director is honestly one of the the easiest things I did. And this kind of feeds into the next one. The next thing that you say, which is trust is earned. We're going to talk about that. One of the things I started doing, my church did, you know, we did new things every year, but we also did some of the same things every year. I didn't need to wonder whether or not we needed to promote Christmas stuff. You know, I was going to do that. VBS, it was going to happen. Fall Festival, it was going to happen. So instead of waiting for somebody to tell me, I went to them and said, hey, you know, it's September, you know, or it's August. 
October is coming. What are we going to do for Fall Fest? Let's go ahead and get it scheduled and so I can start working on promotion. So you can take initiative there. And and even when people are waiting till the last minute to do all that, the stuff that they have to do, you can start working on the stuff that you have to do, which helps you build trust, which is why I was going to lead in that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Built, or trust has to be earned and it has to be built over time. But one of the ways that I learned to overcome the procrastination of ministry and something that we've been pushing, especially lately in church juice with like talking about creative meetings and giving like the creative brief templates and things like that is because we know that things are going to happen. You know what's on the calendar. So the more that I could I guess, kind of work against the the last minute-ness of ministry and how people were thinking and operating because graphics are often the one of the last things people think about when it comes to like details of an event or of a ministry. But when I started to push things out and trying to trying to plan ahead, trying to say, hey, we are six months out from from Christmas. What do we need to be thinking about right now to make sure that we're preparing for Christmas? Or like you were saying, VBS. Those small little things that we could do to earn trust, to, to make those small wins, was a huge game changer. I went in, and even last week I had a conversation with with a church communicator who was just kind of relenting about how they've been in this role for so long, and they don't feel like they have the trust to be able to make change. But when we can make small wins to to gain people's trust, we can we can earn that trust over time, and we can start to build that relational capital, which makes a huge difference because as much as when we step in, we want to have that trust just inherently. The fact is that we are changing culture. We are changing the way that ministry operates, the way that a person's ministry operates. And so we need to earn that trust. That was something that was really hard for me to learn was that I didn't have that trust right away. I needed to to learn how to build that and to earn that over time. I had that same experience. I was hired to work for my church, even, and I had served on the children's ministry. I had been on a bunch of committees. I had volunteered for BBS. And then I stepped into this communications role, which it, there was the title of communications director. But when I was hired, it was like, we need you to write the email once a week and do the bulletin stories. That was it. And then when I started like trying to learn things, I realized there was this whole ministry of communications. And so I started going to the staff meetings like, hey, I've learned all this stuff. And they're like, wait, aren't you the girl that dresses up weird for BBS? Like, why are you telling us what we what what we already know? Like, we are already doing this. And so I had to think about it from their perspective. Like, they think I'm just like stepping into this other person's role and I'm just supposed to do things the way they did it. But when really what I want to happen is us to look at this new landscape of church communications. And so I had to say to them, like, listen, I'm doing the work, but I had to prove it. And that's where those little changes over time built some trust. And then I also had to say to them at one point, I had to say, now, you, my title is church communications director, which implies that I am directing the communications of the church. But really, I feel like a manager, like you're just giving me all this stuff and I'm just organizing it. So do you need a manager or do you need a director? Like, which do you want? And so we had to have that conversation. And I think that's another lesson that I learned was that a lot of people that are in the church space consider that communications role as an admin role. Like you're an administrative assistant that does social media or whatever. So I think that's a a shift that has to happen. You know, I didn't understand that it wasn't an admin role either. When I first got started, I literally thought I was a secretary that typed an email and typed a bulletin. 
That's what I thought. And then I was like, no, this is much bigger than this. This is much more significant and has more of a, a role in the ministry of the church than I thought. Well, and I would say that a lot of people that are watching or listening to this episode, their title actually is administrator or administrative assistant or, you know, something admin related. But the reality is that there is much more communication ministry than there is administrative duties that happen in a lot of a lot of people's roles that that have these titles. So realizing that communications is a ministry, like you were saying, I think that was spot on. And that looks different than just being an administrative assistant or whatever. There is paying the bills and then there is communicating and connecting to people. And that is completely different. So while these these roles often kind of overlap just because limited resources and, you know, things like that. The reality is that communications in itself is absolutely a ministry and it is not by nature an administrative role. So I think that's a key distinctive that we need to be thinking about as we, you know, continue to to grow in our communications capabilities in churches too. So the role you start with, the tasks, the duties, the tools that you start with in your role will not be the same when you leave. (laughs) Like I mentioned, I had to know how to type an email in MailChimp and I had to know how to write. I didn't even have to put it in the bulletin. I just had to write the stories for the bulletin. And then, you know, I thought I was a genius when I realized I could take the email stories and just put them in the bulletin, like copy paste. I was like, ooh, genius. And that was all I did. And then by the time I left, we had multiple social media channels. We had a new website. We had new giving platform. We had new forms, filler outer thingies. We <laughs> we had a church, um, like a planning, a promotional calendar that we started using so that we all were on the same page about who was planning what when and what was being promoted when. That was another thing that changed. So there were all of these. And then of course, like Canva comes on the scene. So that all of that is happening. And so just keep in mind that you know, you you will have to like revisit your job description. You have to revisit how you're implementing um, the communications at your church. Yeah, I when I started in communications, 2009 is what I said. One of my first tasks was to start social media or what I realized just a few weeks ago is that we didn't call it social media yet. We called it social social networking sites or something like that. So Facebook is what we needed to to start and get on board with. I needed to create a new website because our website had originally been created in the mid 90s when the internet started and had not been updated and basically needed to bring our church into the 21st century as far as technology goes, communication goes. But technology changes so fast. The platforms that people use changes, the the way that we communicate, even cost effectiveness of different platforms and, you know, tools that we use as far as technology goes, that changes so quickly and so often that we need to, I think you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but we need to be on top of the latest trends or the latest technology. As a communicator, we need to know what's happening, not necessarily to implement right away into our church, but we need to be an early adopter to know what's going on uh, in the technology world, in the marketing world. Another thing I did that really helped me once I figured that out is like I was like learning things constantly and I knew my church wasn't ready for it. I was like, there's no way we're going to be doing this anytime soon. I can't even get people, you know, <laughs> like I was like, I, we got lots of steps to get, you know, before we get there. 
But what I did is I just created a folder and anything that I was reading about, any strategy or any tool or anything, I just put it in this folder. And then when the conversation came up in staff meeting, I was like, oh, I have a tool that can help us with that. Or, oh, here's a strategy I heard about that sounds like it works for a lot of churches. We should try this. And it really helped, again, go back to that trust factor. People were like, oh, she really does, you know. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. So it was really, you know, that's another just like a little hack that you can use is like, we talk about this a lot, like with like youth camp and stuff. I don't know if you had this happen when you were in youth camp. People would be like, now you've changed since you've been here at youth camp. But when you go back to the world, it hasn't changed. Did you have those conversations? Do you Mm -hmm. remember this? Okay. Oh, yeah. So that's the same thing with communicate, like church communications. Like you're in all the Facebook groups. You're listening to this podcast. You're going to the webinars. You're learning all this stuff. Well, nobody else is doing that. They've got their own stuff that they're learning about. And so (laughs) you have to be like, okay, I know they're not ready yet. They're not there. I can continue to just plant seeds. And then when they are ready, I'm going to be the expert that shows up with the answer. Right? So that's, that's why you... That's another way to build trust there with um, just learning all that stuff. Be an early adopter, even if your church isn't. <laughs> yeah, and you shouldn't expect your church to be an early adopter of every you know social media platform. But at least you can, when you know what's happening or you know what's becoming popular, you can start to think long term about your communication strategy. And as you evaluate your different uh, channels and the way that you communicate and all of that, you can think long term about, hey, we see that this is becoming more popular. Maybe it'll phase out, which has happened with a lot of tools and platforms. But maybe it's something that you can implement later on when it makes sense for your church. But that really leads us into the last the last thing that we wish we would have known when we started in church communications. And that is that culture changes slowly. So slowly. This was something that, you know, when I look back on my time, I think I worked for my church, you know. I don't know, four, five, I, I don't know, four, five years, four years. And then I moved to another church and I worked there for a couple of years. And it seemed like nothing happened. Nothing happened. No, you know, nothing changed, nothing changed, nothing changed. And then as I'm looking back and like after I left and like we started kind of assessing how the role had changed, we realized there were changes being made, but they were so slow, they were almost imperceptible. You know what I mean? And so sometimes you have to, you know, maybe if you're discouraged, like reach out and, you know, reach out to other people and have them tell you (laughs) what changes they've seen. I know my church was always, the people at my church were always very quick to do that, you know, and, and be complimentary. But Culture does change slowly, and you just have to be patient. And I think even if you don't get all the changes that you want or you know that would be great, like, because you know, this would be the, you know, it's kind of frustrating when you're like, I know the answer. I know the answer. And nobody's. But when you um, can make those small changes, it's like being able to just accept that and be like, yeah, that's enough. I also stopped worrying about things that I had no control over. Like, I can't make this move any faster. <laughs> I think my natural, just my my natural character is to want to just pull the Band-Aid off. Like, let's just make this change. Let's just go with it and, you know, just move forward from here. But what I've realized, and it took me a long time to realize this, but what seems doable for, for me as the communications person is like huge steps and light years ahead for the churchgoer or for even some of the staff sometimes. So for us to to implement changes slowly 
and implement small changes over time, incremental changes, you know, we may even be making those small changes too quickly for some people. So it's something that we need to think, just think methodically about, uh, be strategic about what changes we're making and why, and be able to, to articulate those reasons as well. Not everything you see on church juice or on any church communications, you know, resource is something that you can implement today, right? We all know that, but these are things that you can think about. And like you were saying, over time, you can look back and see just how far you've come as well. But it's something that we need to be purposeful about when we make changes. One last thing I want to say about this. I, when I left my church, like I had been preaching, we need to do more video, 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 video. Facebook Live was just becoming a thing, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was like a no-go, all that kind of stuff. And then shortly after I left, the next person comes in. Guess what happens? Almost immediately, video. And at first I was like, how dare that? You know, like I was offended. But then I realized the paradigm shift had already happened. They just, you know, so like I had done the work of shifting their paradigm you know, and we had done the work together as a staff, as a community of shifting the paradigm. And then somebody had a different way of saying it, or maybe they had more videos or whatever, you know, and that person came in. So it wasn't, it's not like a competition. It was more like, you know, the paradigm shift had to happen so the so that that thing could happen. And so sometimes you may not be the person that gets to create the change, but you're creating the steps so the change can happen. And absolutely. so just be, you know, think about it that way as well. Give yourself a pat on the back. It's good. You're good. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to set up someone else to either come in if you're leaving or transitioning. And, you know, when they say that this is something that they want to do, like if you've done all the legwork for that, that's huge for them to be able. That's a huge win for both of you, for the ministry as a whole. Uh, and I think the more that we can just kind of set the groundwork or later change is huge. So yeah, I think that's a good point. Thank you for, for mentioning that. Hey, before we go, there's one thing that I'd like for you to know about as a watcher or listener today. Later this month, we are hosting a live one hour free webinar about getting started in church communications. So if you or someone you know is getting started in communications, this would be a great opportunity for you to learn some of the mistakes that I made when I got started, but also uh, learn how to get started. And so we're going to talk about that later this month. And if you've been in communications for a while, I think there's also some things that, that you can learn or be reminded about too. So feel free to sign up for that. Space is limited. So you can find a link to the webinar that's happening later this month in today's show notes. Thanks for listening to the Church Juice Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss next week's episode. We'll be discussing valuable lessons sent in from your church communication peers. The Church Juice Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. You can learn more at churchjuice.com.